as I said, I've actually have a physical thing to show and to tell about. And it's something that I have been interested in for a while. If you've listened to the pod, you know that I've talked about these before. I I got a um, uh, a, a co-branded date just. Whoa! And the co-branding, the brand on the dial is Aladdin, which made lunchboxes. <laughs> okay, it was like Aladdin the movie, or like Aladdin some like oil company that's. <laughs> No, it was a company that made novelty lunchboxes. It's from the 70s. So, Like novelty? Wow. Novelty, could they have made, theoretically, an Aladdin lunchbox? Like, could Aladdin have made an Aladdin lunchbox, I guess is what I'm asking. I guess, but that would have predated the Disney Aladdin. So You're right. Been like You're right. The, That's um, a 90s, right? That's a 90s release? Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't try and fuck me over like okay. that, Reed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know these. They did like the Beatles lunchbox and like they had like the very particular like little like typewriter case type shape. Yeah. And they had the like mm-hmm. um yeah. Oh, what does the the co-branding look like? I don't know if we've got enough uh pixels here to fully appreciate I guess it. I but... pull it up again. It's very very faint. It's a little it's a little like picture of a lamp and then it says Aladdin and but it's like very tonal. It's hard to see. I'll hold it right up to the camera. I doubt that you guys will be able to see what it says. At home, they're definitely at home. They're gonna have it. a problem. Can you kind of see it there? I, yeah, I just see the hands. It's very faint. They're lower on the dial. I don't know. Albert will post it on his yeah, story. Yeah. I don't know. Then he'll post his exact geolocation so someone can grab it from him. Yeah, <laughs> I don't really think I'm gonna be posting too much content about this one. So did you get, did you get it through nefarious means or? <laughs> yeah what is its provenance uh no i got it from craft and tailored so um i didn't i didn't go in wanting that but i looked at it and it's because there's normally more text on the bottom there like and it says like you know officially superlative chronometer certified and they just wipe off all that text and put on a dumb other company's logo and as we <laughs> and as we've talked about it's like these things are so serious people are so obsessed with them and you know they were saying like yeah we they're like we've never seen one of these before like you're as far as we know you're the only person that has one and it's just like it's that weird fun thing no that's sick some executive some lunchbox executive you know put in 30 years at the company and was like wow hell yeah <laughs> now that- you're just just like relishing in the spoils of big lunchbox at this point <laughs> how many lunch boxes do you think you'd have to sell Thousands, in order to right? get a, a rolex i don't know yes a lot but um <laughs> always be closing lunch boxes fun <laughs> garrett so first prize is this rolex date just second prize is an aladdin aladdin <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that's my little that's my little uh, uh, tale. But I've I've something actually to show and tell when we get into that. Mm-hmm. Should we remind the people who we are? It's sharing. a new year. You want to tell them who we are, David? New year, new pod. Welcome to Never Wrong, the show where we are a hundred percent tasteful and accurate, mm-hmm. and sometimes talk about trends. Sometimes we talk about what's interesting to us in our day-to-day uh, experiences on the internet and in real life. Mm-hmm. This is one of the latter episodes where we are showing and telling things that we have 
seen and or think worthy of telling you about. Um, thank you for kicking us off, Albert, on that little like petty four of a show and tell uh, for us all to appreciate. You're very welcome. And, um, it's also the only podcast I think that you'll get petty for uh, just casually thrown into conversation. You don't see petty fours that much these days. Not that often. It's really, it's an underutilized mm. term. We've got one to start it off. Thank you, Albert. I also have another physical thing right next to me that uh, I thought could maybe lead to some good discussion. It is a pickup that I had a couple weeks ago when I was driving through one of my favorite towns in America, Gallup, New Mexico. I don't know if uh, any of you all have visited. I've taken the train past it. I know it. You took the train. Wow. Like you were on the Southwest Chief. Once as a, once as a, yeah, every, don't, don't get too excited guys. Yeah. Well, <laughs> once as a child, my, my family had like a sleeper car on the train to New Mexico. Wow. So, so I've done that experience. It's a childhood dream of mine that I had to do as an adult, but, um, yeah, I was doing something much less cool. I was driving through and did you stop and get out and gallop? No, I, I just remember it because I was a child and my mom was like, I have an aunt that lived there and I just looked like, like a handful of buildings and I was like, okay. Yeah, it's kind of that. Like Gallup, as you go into town, it has this big billboard that says like Gallup, the most patriotic town in America. And at first you're like, oh, um, should I keep driving? But uh, <laughs> it is probably the capital of like, uh, turquoise and silver, like Navajo jewelry, like Zuni pottery and jewelry and like Navajo rugs and just general like, um, Native American, like culture and, uh, crafts in the American Southwest. And it's a town of like is that 20,000. Sh- is that Shiprocks where Shiprock Santa Fe. trading is? So okay. like maybe two, three hours away. There's like, you know, Santa Fe is like a real town. It's like, uh, it, it's a it's a city. It's like the capital of New Mexico. But Shiprock or um, is there like right on the the plaza. But like Gallup is tiny. It is just like a handful of buildings and like three or four streets. But pretty much everyone is like selling extremely high quality like turquoise and silver jewelry and uh, Navajo rugs. And I got a rug, but that's not what I'm here to talk about today. Because I went into a Navajo shoe store. Um, which is like mostly selling Western boots, but I got something that I've wanted for like five years, but I've never seen them for sale before. I've only seen them in museums, but that is Pueblo style moccasins, which are like the rawhide hard sole mocks with like split suede uppers and are like tied by lace. And these are only, I believe, made by, uh, like, this is the traditional footwear that you would get in, like, the, the Four Corners type area and the Navajo tribes. And, yeah, they had them there, just, like, a table full of these, and uh, helped me find my right size and, like, figure them out correctly. But they're basically, yeah, like, rawhide soles, um, very hard to break in. But uh, you know me, I always love a challenge. <laughs> And I really, really dig them that uh, I am a little bit, you know, thinking of like, it, it made me grapple with appropriation again, seeing as someone who has like 
maybe like 164th Native American in me potentially, which is like not enough to check any box or have any conversation whatsoever ever. Um, but like, I don't know. It's a thing that like, these are just the traditional footwear that they have and people there wear them and they were made by indigenous people. I think that's the loophole, you know, like I think as long as it, as, as native people have, they're either are made as, as if some measure of the profits are going to actual native people, I feel like then, yeah, because that's how you support, right? Like, uh, Polo Ralph Lauren collabed with this, uh, Navajo artist, Naomi glasses. And they sent me this cardigan, which is all these like native patterns that I wouldn't normally feel good about wearing, but I was like, wait, but this is a native artist who was paid by this big company to do this. She's getting her bag from these designs. And therefore I feel like that feels kosher to me as opposed to like when urban outfitters puts a weird print on something, you know? Mm. Yeah. Thank you. It's, uh, I agree that as long as like, you know, there's making them to sell, like who else is supposed to be purchasing these aside from like mm-hmm. me passing through the town being like, Oh cool. I've always wanted a pair of these. Um, mm-hmm. and also it's not a thing that has any significance in the culture, um, beyond mm-hmm. just being footwear that it's nothing like you have to go through a rite of passage or do any specific thing or it, I feel like it's not denigrating to anyone who's like earned these. Cause this is just like what you get when you're wearing, you need something to put on your feet. Mm-hmm. I, I often want to ask the people who are making things, how they feel about sort of like those things being tossed around, I guess. Like I. I have some Visvim shoes and those are probably not like the most like on Albert scale, not the best, right? Like those are like wholesale. I bought them years ago, but like they're wholesale pointing toward a culture without really compensating that culture for the design. FBTs. Although I do think that like referencing stuff. Yeah. Like I do. I mean, I have the Malice mm. uh, folks like they're, they got like a little sweater around the collar instead of the like full like leather skirt thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but functionally they look like moccasins. Mm-hmm. Um, like moccasin sneakers. And, but I will say with those even, it's like, I mean, it is sort of just a reference point in a lot of ways, right? Like, I mean, I don't really know how much it's like, I mean, I do understand as far as like, you know, the place and culture, but it does feel like in a lot of ways, like it's like a cowboy boot Mm -hmm. or, you know, I don't know, a shoe that's used in the Dolomite. It's like, it was a very practical piece of footwear um that was being riffed on but then in the case of yours david i do feel like there's like there are absolutely appropriation concerns but i think there's like just very basic economic concerns where it's like if folks have grown up generations making certain things like people got to buy those things and if there are not enough mm-hmm. yeah you know, i mean yeah I, I just don't know it's like how do you make a living if you're making those if people aren't like quote unquote appropriating yeah. by definition Visvim's japanese Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're Japanese. Yeah. I mean, and by the way, like the stuff, like, I mean, for what it's worth and then, like the Visvim heads will come for me. Like the, like Hiroki Nakamura, the designer, he comes to, he goes to, he loves shiprock trading that store we were just talking about in Santa Fe so much that I think he opened up a Visvim store, like either next door. It's or like a block away. Like that. And I tried to go into it yeah. once and there's like a, a little piece of printer paper on the door that said like, call this number and we'll let you in. And I called and they were like, oh yeah, we don't want to come in today. Sorry. So, 
Yeah, it was like one of the first Visfim stores in the country. And he has like for, I guess, like in some capacity, been buying up a lot of that stuff, you know, from indigenous folks for years and supporting in that in that way. Like, I, I really don't know. Like, I'm sure there's been some some like, you know, I guess like uh, like David, you were saying like there's like a practical use for like a ceremonial use. I'm sure there's been some uh, gray areas there with his acquisition. But yeah, I mean, it, it there is a weird line, I think, that like that's hard to tread, especially if you're like fully uh, like from from the not not like a oppressed crew, like where you don't want to be appropriating mm-hmm. cultural staples. But also there is like you were saying, like there's an entire table full of these folks are using that product to sustain themselves. I don't think that that's necessarily like. Like, forget being bad. I think it's actually really important, probably, to support those folks. So, well, I guess I, I guess my point about Visvam being Japanese is just like it feels like Japan, Japan, their their context for what is going. You know, I mean, it seems like if the designer is spending time in Santa Fe, that's a different thing. I guess like broad strokes, Japan's you know co-opting various parts, various parts of American where their native culture or not is kind of uh it's just a whole different animal yeah. right like japan is the world of like anarcho-capitalism for cultural appropriation like anything goes there's no yeah. regulation like you can be yeah. a uh you can dress uh like you're from have dreads wearing cowboy yeah. boots <laughs> yeah i mean like the brand like <laughs> the brand whitesville <laughs> you know has those big they make like letterman jackets that just say whitesville <laughs> on them and uh, they're like, yeah, this is cool. Yeah. Or like First <laughs> Arrows, which is doing like exact reproductions of Navajo jewelry. And oh, yeah. Yeah. Meansai, I think, used to do some, or yeah, I think it was Meansai that used to do the feathers mm. also. Wow. Yeah. Or like, you know, straight up like <laughs> swastikas on stuff, you know, yeah. whether native or not. Yeah. Cap- <laughs> Cap capital uh, had a couple tough runs with that, huh? Yeah, yeah. Hey, this is Japan exclusive. I, I guess I was just was that David. Is that your your full show and tell, or is that your like amuse bouche like mine was? Um, that can be an amuse bouche. I have another thing to discuss, but uh, mm-hmm. I guess I don't have to lead directly into it. This was just sort of a thing that got me thinking, especially since you know purchases are so far and few between. Uh, few and far between excuse me um in my realm and it got me thinking of like i really want this but am i being bad and like no i'm not bad i'm good actually buying things is making the world a better place that's right yeah it has been said (laughs) Mm -hmm. well yeah reed do you have an amuse bouche or do we want to just get to the the meat you know the real stuff here i bought some jeans whoa Wow. wow. Shocker. Yeah. I mean, I think I've been wearing jeans a little bit more. Like, I guess like that. I mean, no, I haven't. Like I've had the same fucking Orso 105s for like five years, six years. Um, and I just wear those. And then I've had like a pair of sulfur dyed Shamalas that I just really don't wear. Like I like them in theory, but every time I put them on, they're like, they were at Union Made Goods. If anyone remembers that store out there, uh, bless you. But if you... Uh, had the either privilege or uh, misfortune of working there, depending on what week it was. Um, 
and you made it to the warehouse, if things were a few seasons old, they'd just move them to the top shelf of like the the wheeled warehouse racks. And once they hit the top shelf, they were 90% off for employees. So it's like, you know, just very good deals to be had. So I think I got those Jamalas for like 40 bucks back at some point, um, which was great, but I didn't wear them. And so I tried on the 101, Orslo 101, I think they call it like the dad fit um, over at Pilgrim Surf Supply last week, two weeks ago, sometime in there. Um, and was like, man, these are fucking great. I love everything about these, but I didn't buy them because I try not to, like, I try to give myself like a little 24 hour buffer. Uh, it's like forced uh, hyper-focus ADHD moments where it's like, all right, well, if I can't stop thinking about these jeans, I'll, I'll figure out how I'm going to go buy them. And so for like a full 24, I thought about them and then went mm. bottom uh, and have zero regrets. They're great. If anyone out there is looking for a, I wouldn't even call them baggy. Like they're just like a very full, but uh, it's a full leg for sure. I don't think fabric is touching me like anywhere but the top of the thigh, but it doesn't feel like sloppy or anything. It's just kind of like good and loud. Are they raw? No, fuck no. Are you kidding I, me? I know, but I had to ask. I'm not, I'm not, I don't have, I don't like have an antagonistic relationship with Mike. Like you are like that Netflix show Godless where they're trying to break the horse, but like with all your clothes where you're just like, it's like, it's, it's seven episodes. They're all a little long, uh, a lot of beautiful nature establishing shots. Maybe we all need something to fill our days. I'm on a bad or slow kick. Mm-hmm. Someone at some point is going to need to need to step in. Like that's not me. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I just simply can't be trusted anymore. Yeah. But, uh, and by kick, I mean like this is, we're pushing a decade, I think. Uh, it's just, it's, it's tragic in some ways, but no, it's, yeah, they're another pair of Orslows there. But I, at the moment, I think these might be my favorite pair of Orslows. Awesome. Like they're, they're very, very good. Um, and just to be our French, cool is our... to be our French pronunciation, to be our French pronunciation guy, uh, the word is louche. Louche, thank you. I would have, if I could have, I think I probably would have gone louch, <laughs> louche. Um, but yeah, I. It's like uh, they're they're also, I think they're not like on sale on sale, but a bunch of places did kind of move the one hundred and one to like at least a little bit of discount uh, across the internet for folks that are, again, they're they're a little bit short. Mm. I'm pretty short, and I got the size one. Um. And I did not have to hem them at all. They're like perfect as far as length is concerned, but that should be concerning for every single one of you out there. Cause I have short legs. Mm. So, mm. um, they are a little bit short, but I will, but I think once you go up like to like a two or a three, four, they get a little longer also, but, um, it's just a great fucking gene. I'm so happy with it. Proud of you. Like half proud. Cause they're not raw, but. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't call. It's not like we didn't do anything mm-hmm. out of the Well, they, they don't have a stretchy waist, right? No, and I'm for whatever it's worth, like aside from a few pants with the baby back, uh hmm. I've I've abandoned the the easy wow. pants for the most part here. That's crazy. Yeah, it's like the world opened back it's a new up. Era and, of Reed. and I was I saw, yeah, I saw the error in my ways. I don't even know if it was the error. It was just sort of like yeah, something about it. I want to go back to hard mm-hmm. pants. Again, with the exception of the baby backs, because I think those are very important, uh, just in general. I wish 
more people would do that where you go like fixed waistband up front and get a little bit of stretch in the back like mm-hmm. a toddler pair of toddler so the pants. 21st century buckle back yeah 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 yeah. it's you know it's so you can crawl on the ground uh primarily but um i just like it because it's comfortable yeah these look really i'm looking at a pair of i think the raw ones they look really great yeah i've considered the rinse in the time that i've there's like a pair on depop that's pretty inexpensive that i've had the window open on <laughs> for a while now and i'm just like are you really gonna do this read david and i were talking offline uh last week week before um about how I was doing incredibly good with my purchasing, mm. like just buying nothing, selling stuff. Mm-hmm. But I was terrified of the moment that like, cause I was going to break. Like that was just, mm-hmm. it was a matter of time. I wasn't, I, my fortitude is not that strong. I'm, but a man made of flesh. Um, and I was just like the moment I do break though, the problem is, is that I hadn't bought stuff for so long that it was just going to, I was just going to ruin myself financially. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's like, we're in the, the process of trying not to ruin at the moment i've held strong with the one pair but it's like we're we're fucking verging you guys yeah yeah just uh you want to buy every version of the thing that you know you like now that's what your demon oh and now and now i'm like i've got like a fucking dma window open i've got a paraboot window open like we just we've completely jumped the shark there's like a pair of cdg home asics that i'm just like but maybe and oh. they're very discounted but like you know it's they're not cheap and uh, yeah, we've officially gone off the deep end, and I can't really rate it back. You in. also spent most of the last week like pseudo shopping for things that you can't buy. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that later. I'm I'm batting cleanup or I guess third on the uh, on the show and tell because we'll get into into market week. But yeah, sure. no, I I spent entirely too much time just like touching garments. Yeah. Um, but I always I I I firmly believe pair of boots always worth the money. You will wear the shit out of those my most worn shoes that are not cowboy boots still my biggest regret is not getting those when i could have done 60 off like it's i think that is my biggest union made regret like it used to be the all like a pair another pair of aldens because it was just like i was like ah these will be good but it's like i have aldens Mm -hmm. from union from some defect pair they weren't effective but a customer swore they were super cool working in customer service (laughs) Um, i miss it every day (laughs) right that guy called for the, for the listeners at home, uh, he bought a pair of Cordovan loafers and uh, returned them saying that they were different sizes. Okay. Um, they were not different sizes, so I got them. <laughs> Maybe you just have slightly different feet, which is good. No, I measured them. <laughs> I measured them with a ruler. <laughs> I, was, I, was like, I was pretty frustrated with the dude. <laughs> Man. Well, do you do you guys want me to go first for my topic? I might tie it later into what Reed has going. Maybe we send it to okay. David then. I can yeah. come back here, which is not directly fashion related, but it is very retail oriented and something that mm. maybe you can provide some color on here. Because like um Reed, you were not on uh TikTok. We've we've gone into this in great detail, but uh I only have so many hours in the day. For those of us that are viewing it, I think the like takeover like of TikTok shop has been sort of um, tsunami like, and it's one of those things that like the first you see you know a couple videos and you're like okay this is interesting someone wants me to buy oil pulling oil to swish around my mouth, someone has a weird battery operated like uh, screwdriver that I can get sixty percent off on. But now, I don't know, I, I, 
correct me if I'm wrong here, Albert, but TikTok has felt like it's sort of turning into QVC, that it is just like a they're pushing very, very hard on the shopping channel of it. And just like every other video is like, hey, guys, I just want to promote my um, like essential wellness supplements that I started taking and I'm like not sad anymore. Or it's like, hey, you can get like this anchor um, phone charger for like 80% off with this like coupon and free shipping on TikTok shop. And I haven't bought anything on it yet, but my like fears were confirmed with this uh, New York mag article from uh, a couple weeks ago that was about how like one of their writers like had no followers, created a new account and like put an item on TikTok shop, which was like a used pencil that he had chewed up. And he like priced it for a dollar and he started getting thousands of views on his videos and someone eventually bought the pencil. It just feels like, you know, every social media platform or just really any tech platform has a period of like, wow, this is great. I really enjoy using it like it's great for the consumer. And then like the either um, interest rates go up or rent becomes due and they go like, all right, time to make some money and then like things just slowly start getting shittier and then very quickly start getting shittier. And I feel like we're in that mm -hmm. part of the curve on TikTok and the shop aspect of it is uh, maybe not the full death knell, but I feel like the point where it's starting to delve into like, this is not what it was. We're in a new phase. Yeah, no, I mean, so David, I didn't really have that many we talked about this a long time ago when you were getting into the, all the oil pulling stuff. I was not getting that much TikTok shop. I think maybe because my profile is like kind of classed as a creator profile. Yeah. So it doesn't like feel like it has to sell me. They want to protect you. They want to protect me. Yeah, they're, in, they're incubating your love for the platform. But I saw my first oil pulling video on there and I sent it to you guys. And then I started getting so many oil pulling videos. And then there's this creator. Her name is Tatiana. I don't remember what her her handle is but when instagram was threatening to like take away the photo component entirely she started this kind of viral campaign to make instagram not do that and it was successful ultimately i mean like obviously instagram has reels but um she kind of you know put her foot down and used her platform to do that and so she had a video come up where she's saying that every time she sees a TikTok shop account, she blocks it. Mm. And so that's what I've been, it's work, but I've been doing anytime, like, cause it's like random accounts with like, yeah, almost no followers would be like, yeah, I've been using this lip plumping uh, stuff and, and just block them. And apparently, I don't know how yet, I'm trying to figure it out. There are like certain hashtags that the TikTok shop ads use and you can wholesale block all of those hashtags. Wow. So, and I think that, yeah, I think that there's like a, there, I think the movement against this is, is growing because it's like, it's just is not sustainable and creators can make a lot of money off of it. It seems like, but it just, I don't see how that is sustainable at all. Um, it, I think, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, it feels like a completely different thing than what TikTok is currently or what it was, yeah. I suppose, and should have yeah. been like relegated to a separate channel, which there is a separate mm -hmm. thing. If you swipe over to shop, you can just sort of experience this like 
weird Alibaba type platform of buying like low mm-hmm. quality earbuds and uh, like vacuum cleaners. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm seeing a lot of people promoting like sort of, you know, the same like Instagram fashion brands that were always on your feed like uh, five years ago in like sponsored and promoted posts. I feel like it's mm-hmm. all moved over here. And I'm just like wondering, is this the direction that retail is going in or maybe a good portion of it away from the traditional like tiles of like images of clothing and models type thing where you add to cart? Or is it just this like impulse, um, like ambush type purchase that uh, you're going to get some like someone pitching you this thing for two minutes that you didn't expect and go, oh, that's probably a good thing. Maybe I'll just buy this scarf or this hat or this shirt. The, the way that this works best is, I, in my opinion, when they have like creators that you have a relationship, it's the, like, it's the classic influencer format, I think is what works. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, but even then it's like, it has to be someone who's doing some, there's like a level of like charm and organic feel. So you don't feel like it's stuffed on your throat. I mean, cause how long, cause like, how long can you give into that impulse? Cause like, I really try not to shop on Amazon, but sometimes I'm like in a bind. I'm like, I need Brita filters now. <laughs> I need a, I, I just, I just got it. I, I keep forgetting to get Brita filters. I need them. And like, I don't want to go to Target in the middle of the who week. Who can forget the, yeah. Who can forget the great Brita filter panic of, ni- of 2023. And I, 2024. And I, and this literally just happened to me where I was like, okay, I'm going to buy Brita filters. I go on Amazon. I search Brita filter. There's like the Amazon essentials Brita filter. I'm like, great. Those come, they don't fit in the Brita. They don't, they're like, and there's like, there's a gap between the filter and the, and it's like, I did this again. Like, and then the other time I, this happened, I bought a drying rack. It's behind me uh, on Amazon. It's like the biggest piece of shit ever. It will like, anytime I touch it, it like falls apart in like three different new ways. And it's like, it, it's just the convenience, right? And then, but you learn your lesson after like two of these incidents. You're like, wait, I can't do this anymore. I have to go to a real store. Mm-hmm. And I assume that has to happen to these people. Like, hey guys, are your Brita I mean, filters not fitting and your, your drying racks falling apart? Come and I, buy this new Brita filter like wedge on my TikTok shop. Thirty percent off for new customers. Free shipping. <laughs> Well, I mean, I know TikTok's absorbing all the shipping. I can't speak to the experience that you guys are having on the app. Like, I, I've always thought it was grating. Um, like, I was always like, this is just so chaotic for me. Like, I've, I just, I feel like I imagine, like, I feel like I feel when I walk out of the subway station on, like, 42nd and 7th, <laughs> like, in times. Like, I just, like, that, like, when I get on TikTok, like, that's how I feel. Like, that's the sensation I, I get. This, um, this guy thinks he's better than yeah. us, David. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't at all because I'm like still trapped in all the other ones. Like I basically am just on like fucking like wash TikTok, which is Instagram. Um, and but yeah, I will say like, isn't this sort of the logical conclusion of of making like anything a store for like Amazon? When I was still at WellSpent, like one of Brad's favorite things to assign me was like. Amazon is selling moldy lemons or whatever again, you know, like the, the shit where like Amazon was just like, you could just like buy a, a cracked in half CD mm. with like for no reason. Like there was expired food listed on Amazon by individual sellers, like all this shit that was just like, like, and like never like it, it expired before Amazon existed as a property kind of deal, you know, like it was just like, 
it was so absurd, but there was sort of like functionally a motivation for people just to start selling these things. Yeah. Um, and- but I think like, yeah, TikTok, cause this story bubbled up to me at least because I both read New York mag and I listen to that hard fork podcast and they had the guy who sold the pencil on, they interviewed him about it. Um, which was a fascinating thing. I think his friend bought the pencil, but, um, I, it's like a weird, it is a weird consequence of like, it's not that everyone can choose to be a brand, but it's sort of like everyone should be considered a brand. It's just whether you want to monetize yourself or not. It's the way it seems on social in, in today's day and age, right? Like in a lot of ways where it's like, you're either clearing out of the ecosystem and sort of like slowly weaning yourself off, which does seem like a lot of folks are doing, or you kind of have to buy into the fact that it's in its like late stage capitalist death Mm -hmm. throes and everything has to be, every sort of second on the app has to figure into some sort of like monetization funnel. So if it's not creators like you, Albert, who actually can generate revenue for both the app and yourself, like in a, in a holistic and sort of like beneficial way, right. Where like, there's actually like a, a two way street on a relationship. Your viral, like you took a long time to build your followership. I do think that it's sort of like, if, if I were to like role play, what I imagine like that boardroom was like, they were like, how can we make everyone think they can make money on this app and never get off of it? And it's like, I don't know, what if we just allowed everyone to sell dumb shit and subsidize the shipping for a while? And it's, yeah, it's killing the app because people started on the app because they had like a point of view. And if they have a point of view that's like resonates enough, it can just get, it can reach an insane amount of people. And the algorithm has been just totally fucked for like a few months now, I guess, because it's right. They you have to they have to see some TikTok shop compatibility, or it's no dice, really. And I know that it feels to you like you're getting out of like a really hectic subway station or something, Reed. But when it was at its best, it felt like um, like when there's like a really good Twitter moment, you know, like when there's so, like there's like the Pop Tart Bowl and everybody is riffing on it, or when there's the 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 tunnels under New York and everyone's riffing on it. That was a great day. Yeah. Also a great day. And I think at its best, um, that's how TikTok can feel where it's just like, there's a new, there's a new person that everybody's jumping onto and they're all stitching and they're all doing their spin on it. And, um, but yeah, now it's like you get so little content, like content that is new. It's, it's tough. And, um, I think they'll have to do some soul searching if they want to keep people on there because reels is not great, but it's good enough. And it's a way better place to be a creator right now. Cause it like, you get the numbers there mm-hmm. and you make a fuck ton more money doing content for Instagram than you do for TikTok. So mm. there's a little peek behind the curtain for everyone out there, you know, and by the way, it's not that I think <laughs> for those at home, I, uh, I watch like the full Bravo suite, but also like dip into TLC reality TV. I think I'm better than zero content out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do generally enjoy the stuff from TikTok that bubbles up to me on these other things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was always just like, and I, and I think that like, there's probably the most creativity happening. That's where like the people like for, at least for a long time, that's where people were like actually having the most fun. Like mm-hmm. a lot of the cool editing and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just always hated the delivery system. Like that was, I just never understood the, like, cause that's the one place on Instagram that I've also never really fucked with is like the discover page. And so it's like the, the randomness of TikTok always generally like freaked me out. Mm. Oh, it's not random raid. 
Oh, I as know soon that, as you start man, swiping, it's, 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 it's got a profile on you that's uh, growing and knowing and learning you. And knowing that your teeth are probably dirty and some like Indian Ayurvedic oil is the only thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how, how they're going to come back from this because like one of the things that it mentioned in the article was that like he sold the pencil for a dollar. He got 69 cents and uh, TikTok probably lost at least four dollars in paying for the shipping and processing. So, <laughs> and it's a losing game here too, but it's one that they have to see a light at the end of the tunnel. Cause like once you build an audience, you have to figure out a way to squeeze them, um, in order to mm -hmm. keep the lights on. And, you know, hopefully like we would get in a cycle of just VC money paying for these things to make like good and like, enjoyable apps for us. And then they would die off naturally and we get the next one, but mm -hmm. that's not the world we live in. It was, yeah, I mean, a 7% interest huh? rate is not the world we live in. Yeah, just not going to happen. But yeah, thank you. So uh, I don't know which which leads better into what uh, Albert into Reed or Reed into Albert. Well, I think mine might lead in, mine might lead into Reed. I think. Uh, yeah. I don't I don't know for certain because it's about new trends. I don't know if he saw these at the trade show he was at, but I just dropped some some links in the chat. Everybody's talking about ballet flats for men. There, you know, and that's like the big thing. Some some high profile individuals have stolen our terminology. They're talking about dainty footwear. Everyone's <laughs> saying concept. dainty now. Mm -hmm. I see it everywhere. An adjective it's we okay. invented. They're dainty maxing. <laughs> yeah, no. If you go into the etymology of that of that word, it's a, it, it goes like circa like middle of twenty twenty three, beginning of twenty twenty three is when. Yeah, no. Um, so yeah, that was us. We did that. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> but anyway, anyway, uh, yeah. So we are, um, we're seeing a lot of this stuff about ballet flats and I just wanted to check out what they mean by that. You know, um, I found a few articles. One was all the way back from 2020. Um, being like spring, summer, 2020 is going to be the year of the men's ballet flat. And like, what does that mean to us? Because, you know, there is something that is a ballet flat and I've seen, I see women wearing them all the time. So what does that translate to for men? And my theory is that this is just kind of a filler word for loafer. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> cause like when you look at what, like it, it, there's an, I think the second article I sent, there's one that's from like a, I can't see what the, I'll, I'll link this, but when they're looking like, you know, John F. Kennedy wore these, Pablo Picasso wore these, um, Alain Delon wore these. It's like either an espadrille or like a very dainty loafer, like a very like unlined loafer. And then when you look at the options, like just when you search on Google, like, what does that mean? It's kind of, yeah, it's like a loafer or a slipper. Um, on In some cases, it's um, like a very, uh, like just, it just seems like a softer version of like a Mary Jane or a, like a, just, yeah, I think, and I, and I'm just like thinking about how like, obviously the next frontier of like men's style is being more comfortable wearing things that that kind of, uh, you know, challenge 
masculine historical norms. And I think there's just a lot of money in kind of overemphasizing how much a piece of clothing could like challenge the gender binary. I think like, it's sort of like, it feels like a little, I'm a little cynical. It feels like they're like capitalism has got wind of like, you know, the gender, uh, spectrum. Yeah. And, um, and like these things that are (laughs) still feel really rooted in classic menswear, if you look in the right places. Um, but then like, if you're a consumer who's only ever worn Doc Martens or whatever, you'd be like, oh, what the fuck? These are crazy. Um, and I think a lot of the people in the middle are going to be excited about these. I don't know. It seems like, it seems like a natural, if like somewhat lazy extension of, of sort of like the uh, big pant, little shoe Samba Mm-hmm. Samba wave, right? Like, mm-hmm. like we're like, we're now in full Kim Possible, little shirt, big pant territory. Like mm-hmm. everyone is looking like they have naked mole rat sidekick. Mm-hmm. But I think that like shoe wise, like footwear wise, like the Samba chokehold, and I guess like sort of like the what the Mexico sixty six like little blip, mm-hmm. um, definitely unlocked a silhouette for a lot of dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, these don't, these like look like ballet, ballet flats for sure, but they're like definitely loafer, mm-hmm. loafer. They're shoes. At least. This is like, um, I saw that, but I was like, is this a ballet sh- flat? I've been wearing these like leather slippers from, uh, front street general for a few years now. They just think they're like 20 bucks. They're awesome. I, did, I have no idea who makes them. I can't read anything like label wise there, mm-hmm. but, um, they're not vintage. They're like, it's one of the few things there that's like new. Um, they look kind of like this just without a back. Like they're mm-hmm. very, very low profile. Um, I've definitely grown to appreciate the silhouette way more than when I first put them on my feet. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I do think that there's an overemphasis like, like, or like a, a, a pushing to the, the, so wait, I guess I'll rewind. Have you seen the brain dead Adidas bowling shoe that people are losing their mind over because they can't get them because they're a friends and family edition, which is like the most brain dead shit I've ever, like, I love the fact that, that Kyle, like that brain dead came out with a design that's like universally appreciated, but it's the one you can't get. Like normally it's like too off the wall for anyone to give a shit or like, it's like something like Warhammer and everyone's like, Oh shit, that's still like, oh, damn. But like, you know, like they did an absolute, like sort of like core of the sun hot, for for the internet at least like i don't think i would wear them to be totally frank um i've never really been like wearing bowling shoes and been like i probably should just walk out the lane mm-hmm. with these um like silhouette wise but they're good but i think the thing that they do is they even like they lower the profile of the samba even more but then throw on like a little like a little cute heel do they have leather soles um, these? like a little clacker yeah they do they're like an actual uh-huh. bowling shoe um they got like the leather clacker though on the bottom. So it's like, I feel like it's just all of the piece where it's like, we're going to see how shrunken we possibly can get while the pants are wide before like everything snaps back to somewhere in the middle. Because I mean, I was seeing a lot of, I mean, we can get into it later, but like, yeah, I mean, I do think that there's got to be like sort of a snap to skinny at some point or slim. Maybe, maybe we'll never go back to skinny. But like in that case, then the, then the footwear silhouette is going to have to change because 
yeah, those those won't work with the skinny jean the same way or the skinny pant. Like, yeah, but but I do think that as the pant gets wider, you can sort of make the 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 shoe smaller. Mm. To come at it from kind of like a shrewd asshole direction, like is this just shrinkflation happening in shoes? That like the materials and the like uh, labor that has to happen to put together a pair of like ballet flats, whether they're actually just loafers or not, seems significantly less than what you would get in a traditionally made shoe. Like the the sole is lower, the heel stack is lower. There's like it looks like thinner leather on most of the examples that I've seen. That, uh, but they're still charging. Like you know, they've got uh, a few tabs open of like Punteras charging like. 420 euros for a pair of shoes that look like they have, I don't know, maybe like a square foot and a half of leather in them. Same with Le Mers. Theirs are like 550. Um, it's uh, feels like a way to have a trend that is like cheaper for the manufacturer. Maybe it's comfier. I don't know. I haven't put any of these on. Have you tried any of these? No, I mean, the only one that I think is kind of cool is the Le Mer one. I kind of like that one. Some of the like higher fashion ones look like, <laughs> like if you saw in a museum, they're like, these are the first pair of shoes ever yeah. made. <laughs> you know, they look, <laughs> it's like, or like, like or like these yeah. were worn by Teddy Roosevelt as a baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. There's like, there's like a lot of that, that vibe going on. Like, you know, pick a historical figure. Um, yeah. <laughs> the original gender bending when you had to pretend to, uh, a baby boy was a girl, so like the demons couldn't <laughs> catch him. <laughs> um, yeah, I just think like like the second one of those articles I posted, like literally the subtitle is like, "Are you triggered yet?" Because it's talking about ballet flats, and it's like it feels like that's what it is. It's like we're so naughty, we're wearing ballet flats. It's like, yeah, you're wearing <laughs> you're wearing like buttery soft slippers. That's cool. Do go do you? I love this for you. But you're acting like, I don't know, so smug about it. <laughs> yeah, like etymology question here. Like, I know the ballet flat is originally supposed to be, it's a shoe to do ballet in or to watch ballet in. That's, that's ballet, what I think, because like opera pumps are to watch opera, not to do opera, correct? Oh, crazy. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, yeah, but it's like these are as well. But like even then, like they're not like these aren't like point shoes. Yeah, I know <laughs> they, they aren't like you aren't gonna buy these and have to like scrape out the toe and like hit them against the floor for two hours before you can go out and like float around on the stage. Yeah, yeah. I say I say don't yeah don't call them ballet flats if you're not willing to do the ballet labor if you're not willing to like bleed through mm -hmm. the <laughs> the leather of those. You aren't taking them to a bar class. Yeah, uh, yeah. if you're not painting no them. To the to your your exact skin tone. <laughs> yeah, like no one's calling this one stolen valor. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, I bet the ballerinas are pissed. Yeah, if you man, went to the I, right place in New York, Reed, you could get a quote from them. You I mean, you remember when everyone got mad at Sydney Sweeney because she like wore a tutu in an <laughs> editorial and like all these like like it was like very clear that, that like kids on TikTok. Too? Yeah, like ki kids on TikTok genuinely. It was like. The thing I learned from that is they don't know what an editorial is. Um, <laughs> like mostly, like I was just like, "Oh, damn, you guys, good job! You'll you you were learning. Congrats, uh, big news." But, but no, I mean, I do think, yeah, it is like David. I do like this like shrinkflation thing in some ways because I do think, 
Like there was when I think it was Balenciaga, but maybe it was Dior. They 3D printed some sneakers last year. And they were like, they were like $1,200, $1,400. Like, don't quote me on that, but they were very expensive. But I remember those came out and my first thought was like, so this is all bullshit, right? Like if we're like, you guys, like this was a fucking printer. We're not, we're not paying for anything now. Like we're literally like, we're literally paying for the idea that is like marginal at best. And, and I was like, okay, so like now we can really like, I mean, the Gucci slides were always like, and like the, the rubber ones were always like the good evidence, right? Like they were like 250, but that's merch and I get it. But it was like when they were just 3d printing shoes and being like, no, we're going to charge is exactly the same as our quote unquote made in Italy version. And it's like, uh, maybe, maybe those made in Italy's aren't that great. Or like, what is going on here? Um, I, it does, it would track sort of just being like, well, fuck it. We can basically make these with a single piece leather upper, mm-hmm. a little piece of like elastic bungee at the top. And then, you know, whatever kind of non-stacked sole at the bottom. And then we can still charge exactly what we charge yeah. for a collapsible loafer. Or n- not um, even is like, I just linked a Balenciaga pair and they are black satin. So fabric and they've got a rubber sole. So there's maybe like $8 of material in one of these, if I'm being generous and they're $925 on Mr. Porter. Mm. Makes you yeah, think. I, mean, I, I like, I, I'm not like totally for whatever it's worth offended by. Like, it's like, I can see, I've got friends that could absolutely run these in an awesome way. Like I think I, they wouldn't be for me, but like, I know that they would look cool in certain circumstances, I guess. But like, I think it gets back into Albert, what we were discussing with like George, like big jorts where it's like mm-hmm. sort of the baseline is like, Oh damn, you pulled that off. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if that's like, or like the, that's like the best case scenario. Mm-hmm. It's like, I do think that those things are usually like the regrettable <laughs> closet decisions where it's just like looking back on, it's like looking back on it. Like people will see a photo and they're like, Oh yeah, you did pull that off. It's like, I mean, I don't know if that's like the compliment I want. Like, it's yeah. just like, cool. I, I, I guess I like sort of dodged the cars in Frogger, but I was still playing fucking yeah. fashion Frogger over here. Like just trying yeah. not to get smacked. Yeah. Yeah. Against all odds, you made this work. But, yeah. but, but then, but I think that the way the nomenclature makes it seem like if you are reacting badly to it, you're reacting to this kind of like nuanced form of masculinity, which is not at all the case. Like, that's like being able to express your identity, whatever, be that just simply just fashion, be that gender, whatever the case, that is, that is entirely up to you as, as the, as the consumer, but, um, you are enough. It's like the cousin. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, and, but I, yeah, I think like they're really trying to kind of lean into this, yeah, that this is a little, we're being a little transgressive here, fellas, you know, we're getting a little weird and it's like, no, these are just shoes. These are shoes as all shoes are shoes. And, uh, mm-hmm. and it might be tough to pull off. I mean, I think the La Mer slippers with a little bit of a like heel and sole are probably would be like the easiest. Cause they feel, they feel different from like a Belgian. They feel different from a loafer. They seem kind of like they're a thing. They're not Teddy Roosevelt's baby shoes. I, I, those seem like you could make them work for a certain kind of guy, but even that's hearkening to a very certain kind of like the leather slipper is like such like a aristocratic English countryside landed gentry vibe. So that's not all that transgressive, but whatever. Yeah. I mean like there are like very low pro, like I think like the smoking slipper that was like 
like the Stubbs and Wooten smoking slipper that was really super popular during like the menswear era. That first mm-hmm. time was like very low pro, but it was called a smoking slipper, which I think like inherently like made it what like masculine in that regard. Mm-hmm. But it's like if we're mm-hmm. talking about profile, it's not that much different. Yeah, very, very similar mm-hmm. there. Yeah. I mean, I do think that there's like, for some reason, these feel slutty in a nice way. I can't really explain that. Like, you know, like it does. Slutty like the Grinch is slutty. <laughs> you know, I mean, hey, that, that man was just an anti-capitalist trying to make people think about, think about what they were doing during Christmas. Okay. So um, this makes like little Grinch feet. That's all. <laughs> dude, someone was like, yo, was, did Santa look like a who also in the Grinch like timeline? And it's like, that's kind of fun to think about. But um yeah, I mean, I think they're like it because as someone who appreciates a mesh shirt or like something that's like a little see-through in the summer, mm-hmm. like I think that like to the outsider that feels a lot more transgressive than to like so like when I just like start putting those things on, it's like it's not that big of a deal. Like hopefully mm-hmm. a nipple doesn't pop through, but for the most part you really can't see that much. Mm-hmm. And so I do think though that there is like something like on the other side to that piece where it's just like something, uh, if not fem- like a feminine, like or gender bending, like at least like a little slutty to the ballet flats. And I can't explain why though. Like the mesh shirt is easy to explain. It's like, yeah, you can see skin mm-hmm. underneath the shirt. Like mm-hmm. that is inherently, I get it. Uh, like short shorts also for sure. Showing a little bit of thigh, mm-hmm. but like for some reason, the big pant with the ballet flat is like, is running in the same circles as like uh, the fucking keys dangling off the inside belt loop, not the outside belt loop. I wonder if it's like, you know, like, cause apparently like those, those like English manners when they'd have like the big banquets and everyone would be like, you know, if every person would have their own room, you know, up and down the long corridors, it was like a total fuck fest, you know, like it was like a like a Scooby Doo cartoon or people running back and forth across the halls, and I feel like that's what that's what these slippers are for. You know, it's like to tiptoe across the corridor. Uh, to have yeah, like a weird a weird Hollywood Hills orgy or some shit. You know, like yeah, I don't yeah, fucking yeah. know. Um, yeah, like they're they're your wabaki at the the Hollywood Hills orgy. You just get your Lemare ballet <laughs> slippers, and it's like the slippers stay on. Uh, it's funny you mentioned the like uh, smoking slipper from like maybe 10, 15 years ago because like it's sort of the same shoe, but that was very like Hugh Hefner coated. And yeah. this is now sort of like, I don't know, uh, French uh, nihilist coated and like. Or mm-hmm. a little lad that loves berries and cream. Yeah, sort of like that or like Barishnikov <laughs> of like, I don't know, insatiable like ballet star. Is that what, like someone who's like more comfortable in their body potentially and like more artistic? It's a little lad with a primary partner, but uh, still dating <laughs> other ethically non-monogamous people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like a the, little lad ca- a little lad caught in a frat polycule the shoe hasn't really changed <laughs> uh, that's the title <laughs> little lad in a polycule oh boy yeah it's just a I rebranding we <laughs> uh well Reed, did you see yeah. any little little uh, poly lad shoes at uh, at your adventures le- recently? Yeah, so uh, good folks at home. I was recently at uh, 
New York Market Week, not Paris Market Week, which is the one that most people probably were seeing folks post from if you were following brands. Um, that is that was the Market Weeks are interesting, and maybe we could talk about this sort of at the tail end, or maybe we save it for like its own separate thing. But uh, Market Weeks are sort of like as trendy as the brands and styles that are featured at those weeks. Uh, this year, it was very much like Paris was the one to go to. Um, I feel like it has been for a couple of years. Yeah, I think for a number of reasons. I mean, Fashion Week lined up this year too. So that was like pretty cool in that regard where like New York Fashion Week is still a few weeks out. So, or a couple weeks out at this point. So um, there was no crossover there. But I mean, it's also, I think more accessible. Like the EU has a lot of good multi-brand and stuff like that still. And um, Asian markets can get to Paris, I guess, pretty easily. Um, but that being said, uh, New York Market Week was... And Market Week isn't a like sort of contiguous thing. It's like a few different, completely unrelated entities who host different brands uh, in convention spaces. They try to keep them somewhat coherent as far as like theme is concerned, but there's only so much coherence you can you can expect from these things. Um, I went to three different shows. Uh, I went to Man Woman. I went to Welcome Edition, and I went to M Five their showroom david i got in there um but yeah i guess like so we go one of two ways here i guess whatever's more interesting we could talk about like market week as a whole and its utility because that is somewhat fascinating to me or we could talk about what we what i saw at market week that is just good and interesting and brands i liked what do we think we want to do um i'd be interested in like a vibe check for like a few minutes at least and then okay. like anything that stood out, what do you think, Albert? Yeah. So like, I, I think, well, so I'll start with brands. Cause I feel like that's, that's like a good, it'll lead in. So it's interesting. So I guess like a man, woman every year, I feel like man, woman is the biggest one, right, David? It was, although I think more people are moving to welcome edition. Yeah. Welcome. I mean, welcome feels a little bit more vibrant. Um, but like man, woman had some like man, woman's where you'll find corridor pilgrim surf supply was fucking awesome this year for whatever that's worth. Like Chris Gentile, who's doing the brand over there, uh, in collaboration with a couple other folks that are super talented. Um, that stuff is absolutely fucking killer. Um, and, uh, productions dialed in. Wythe was really good. Albert, um, Wythe presents over there. They were awesome. They're like, they had a, they're doing like a bunch of beach cloth, like Brown's beach cloth, but they're doing it in green. So I guess that'd be green's beach. I don't fucking know. Um, have a bunch of fringe and some leather. Uh, they started a new or Pete from Wythe in collaboration with another guy started this brand called Big Rock Candy Mountaineering, mm-hmm. which I'm kind of obsessed with. It's like almost all vibes right now. It's three styles, but uh, the pants are awesome. They're like the stand up pant from Patagonia. Um, which was something that I definitely did notice, which was like sort of an emphasis on what we've, I guess, been talking about here, which is like, and I've written about on GQ and a few different places, like sort of the the new era of Gorp looking like the old era of Gorp in a lot of ways, like how we're sort of tacking back from from like the acronym ACG, like Stone Island era in a weird way, like the heavy tactical shit, um, which was an interesting, I guess, trend line. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved there's the Japanese brands are so fucking strong. It was really cool seeing like a uh, Norbit. I had never seen Norbit 
for folks at home, go check out Norbit if there's any retailers near you. It's just fucking fun. Mm-hmm. Like it's awesome. Not the Eddie Murphy vehicle, but the 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 clothing brand. No, no, no. The Eddie Eddie Murphy yeah. vehicle. <laughs> no, it's a no. It's a it's a Japanese. It's like it's primarily outerwear. Like it's a lot of puffy stuff. But like or, but they did like these like really cool like uh sort of like speaking of British uh, arist- aristocracy like these like tweed hunters that were like had like membranes sewn into them so they were like fully waterproof and like but they looked exactly like something you would like see some dude with a fucking Sherlock Holmes hat and a dog with certification papers <laughs> wearing um which was pretty cool there's a brand called Jackman from Japan that I think is like a low key sleeper I think that's going to be one of those like Mohawk General I think is it's only one of its only American doors but um that stuff is absolutely incredible price points great um, denim though, that is probably like, we can get into color palette, but like denim was a big, a big hit. Uh, everyone has got some sort of denim. It felt like in their line. Um, good news for the folks at Heddles. Shout out our old house for this place. Mm-hmm. Uh, bad news if you don't like denim, I guess, but there's other stuff. Um, who are you if you don't like denim? Who are you if you don't like denim? Um, so what, what do you mean by big gear for denim? What are you seeing specifically? So I think, so I remember last, last summer I like wrote in big letters on one of my notebook pages, just like across some other notes that weren't super important. I was just like, fuck, I was like villain era hmm. because like a lot of the stuff hmm. I was seeing had like a weird, like, it was like, I don't know if clothes for villains is the right word, but it's like, they had this sort of like dark streak, like nefarious thing, like, uh, like the lines you know how like if you draw a smiley face, you can make the eyebrows point one way and be like super sad or sympathetic and then like the other way makes them just like mm-hmm. look like they're plotting against you. Like the clothes felt like yeah, they were yeah. plotting against me in a lot of ways. Um, and and I think like this year they actually like dug it because it wasn't like full like denim on the Western stuff. Like they were like there were like sort of hints here and there. But this year there were like there was a lot of sort of like full on cowboy shit. But it's like, you know, like man mm-hmm. with no name kind of feeling to it where it's like it does okay there was this there's this brand called tyon from japan uh it's not very expensive mm-hmm. i have no idea about the quality of the make but they had like a puffy western that's like black with white piping that i was just like i was like this thing is fucking hilarious like a puffy shirt um that kind of stood out but there was there was a lot of that type of stuff like the cowboy boots were were incredibly like that I, there was a bunch of booths with cowboy boots and they were like very harsh juxtaposing like leather dyes and things like that. Or they would have like some pretty bright working on it. Um, that did not cowboys are cowboys are sticking around, I guess. Yeah. And year. it was, and it didn't, but yeah, it didn't feel like uh like, you know, sort of like John Wayne cowboy. Like it felt like whoever he was fighting hmm. um, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, a lot of earth tones. Like I didn't see very many colors at all that you wouldn't find like in a walk in the woods. Um, mm. Like really nothing that to be honest across the board, like it was really, really all tied into these like sort of like earthy muted, like muddy kind of just like the number of fucking times I heard the word aubergine. Mm. It felt like I was back at union made oh in God. 2017 um, again, I fucked up that pronunciation. I, I thought I don't it was care. pretty good. Um, was it? Yeah. That was pretty much on the Fuck money. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, 
it's like, it's like eggplant. But people misuse it all the time. Like the number of times someone was like, oh yeah, aubergine's a big color for us. And they just like pull out something that's like fucking lavender. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it was the only one which was funny that had like really loud colors. Now that I think about it off the top of my head, like aside from like Nanga or some of these like more in your face brands anyway, was was Drake's. But the funny thing is, is all that color was on Westerns. So like they did like a tablecloth Western that looked like a baby blanket color wise. Like it's not bad. It's just like, it was like the brightest yellows, blues, greens, and pinks making that hatch check coming through. And then, but it was a complete Western, like yoking, detailing, snapping, all that stuff, which was fascinating. But yeah, Western, we're going nowhere, going nowhere, Albert. Who was doing this crazy embroidery? That I'm saying that you look like you're the curtains at like a new agey 90s coffee shop. Which one? Is it an unmarked? It's like this stuff. Oh, no, that's that's oh. Samuel Zelig, which is like very Bodhi coated, but it's not. I feel like that's that's unfair to Samuel Zelig. Like that's actually like some interesting yeah. shit. I believe from L.A., uh, a lot of like hand embroidery. Mm. Yeah, speaking of like, you know, going back into the dainty stuff, I guess. Yeah, Paraboot had some like fucking crazy ass patent leathers they're running a monk strap chambord with engineered garments which was kind of cool um they're running their monk strap michael again i see them which is pretty slick wow they did a full hair on hide para boot michael not just the plug yep don't know if that one will be allowed in the united states <laughs> um but yeah i mean it's interesting it's all good it's interesting like 316 was you know, again, I'm not on the payroll anymore. Not this season. Uh, they were awesome. I think it's really cool, like seeing some of these like more heritagey brands like move into contemporary in their own way without abandoning the roots. Um, they had some like very cool suiting actually, which was like suiting trousers, which were like they're fucking great. Um, some little baby back detailing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I do think that Market Week is a fascinating a fascinating thing in 2024 because like functionally COVID taught everyone to run off a of lion sheets, like in, in this and like to get sort of inside baseball, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and deal with those things. And it's really awesome to sort of like touch the stuff and feel the stuff, but it's like a really expensive proposition for both buyer. Like I live here, so it was easy and, and media gets in mm-hmm. much less expensively than, than the rest of the population. Um, so it's a different it's a different calculation here, but it's really expensive for both the buyers and the sellers at these mm-hmm. at these events. Um, and it's really hard to show differentiation when you're in, you know, like it, it's like it's an interesting thing because it's like you want to be in the same room as everyone. Right. Like it does. That is mm-hmm. awesome. But it is like it's kind of odd to like consider that like you you getting picked up by a store might be dictated by the direction that someone decides to move through a space like clockwise or counterclockwise. Cause like I started mm-hmm. in one room and I just went like left when I hit the little circle mm-hmm. area, but that meant I hit the mm-hmm. Howland booth last and I love Howland, but I was genuinely exhausted and I was like, I don't want to look mm-hmm. at Howland right now. I know what the fuck Howland is, which isn't Howland's <laughs> fault. Right? Like it's like a very weird, mm-hmm. like that's like, I'm not a buyer, so it's not that big of a deal, but it's like this like very weird make or break. And I was talking to a lot of buyers who were exhausted, who had just seen like too many things kind of deal. And yeah, it, 
it feels like a very imperfect and and dated model in a week sort of that it hi- that's highlighting imperfect and dated models mm-hmm. uh, across you know mm-hmm. sort of a lot of these spaces. I don't know how really else to do mm-hmm. it though, because like I used to do the shows uh, pretty frequently, and again, yeah, you like have you know a hundred five minute conversations over the course of three days, and your brain would just be totally fried, and you'd like handled like three dozen sweaters. <laughs> And you're just like, what is this? Like, my fingers are numb at this point. But like, I don't know how else to do it rather than having like all the people and all the clothes in the same space. There is no good way to do it. Like, they're really like, you're you're totally right. It's just like, it feels, it feels so pressure filled, but at the same time, so uh, lethargic in a weird way. Like, it's like, it is both of those things at the same yeah. time. At the same time, what you're experiencing is much smaller and more intimate than it used to be. Cause like when I used to go to like yes. capsule show or Liberty fairs, when those were big, those were like 150 to 200 brands each. And these, like they'd have them at the Javits center or out on the pier. And you could spend like an entire day in there and only see like maybe 20% of it. It's completely overwhelming. Yeah. And I mean, and also I think like that is an interesting indicator of sort of where we're at also where it's like that was also in an era where brands could go into a few places. Now brands are making the calculated decision. Like some were going both Paris and New York, mm-hmm. you know, but like a lot of people were just choosing Paris or New York this year, you know, like it was just like we're getting mm-hmm. one in mm-hmm. and that meant that the buyers were choosing the same things. Um, and the buying game has changed too from at least the, the brands that I've talked to that used to be, you know, 10 years ago that people would buy at the show. They would write down and say like, I'm getting this, this, and this. Whereas now it's like, mm-hmm. okay, I like that. I took photos on my phone. I'm going to go home and like wait for the line sheet. And then maybe like two to four weeks later, I'll place an order. And yes, it's, uh, exactly. it become a lot more nerve wracking for brands. Especially because the circuit now is like Berlin, Copenhagen, Milan, Paris, like uh, New York, Vegas, Tokyo. And it's like six weeks of hell for them. And sort of like local markets aren't nearly as large in a lot of cases as like the ones that a lot of these brands came into. So you kind of have to go to all of them where it's like before, you know, like if you were a U.S. brand, you could probably like exist sort of in just in the U.S., like, you know, with the exception of maybe having a couple accounts that you could work out outside, but it's like, now you're sort of forced to be like, no, I'm on three continents. Yeah. That's how the sausage gets made. You got to hit the minimums, mm-hmm. but yeah, there'll be, there'll be a longer piece about that later. But yeah, I mean, if you guys have any questions trend wise, I feel like it's like a little bit of too big of an event to sort of get into. I went to a very, uh, odd, like the parties at these things are so weird. Mm-hmm. Because it's just like a whole bunch of dudes exhausted. <laughs> like that's all, you know, like it's just like everyone is fried, but they're like, we need to keep going. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so it's, you know, I mean, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to talk about it more. Now I kind of feel like you at the last Howland booth. I'm like, <laughs> I know. I'm like, I want to know more, but I, I took a left turn at the start of the podcast and now I'm here. Yeah. We're an hour 15 in. <laughs> yeah. We've been shown and we've been told. I think so. I think so too. All right. Yes, well, thank you very much for listening. You'll hear again soon. <laughs>